All right, Ruth chapter 3 this evening. I think we'll make it through the whole chapter. We'll certainly try. Amen. When everyone has it, I'll give you a couple more seconds. Ruth chapter 3, I'll begin to read here from verse 1, and the scripture reads this, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? Uh, what's this, this dialogue that we're getting ready to go into between Naomi and Ruth, uh, keep in mind, um, Ruth is uh, returned She's been allowed to glean um, from the fields there of Boaz, and she's been allowed to basically take whatever she can take uh, with her, and she's given this to Naomi, given an offering to Naomi, and so Naomi is uh, given thanks, and she's praised the Lord for God's provision and how God has obviously got his hand in the situation with Ruth and Boaz, and so now she's kind of going into this discussion with her, Basically saying, uh, I am getting ready to instruct you, but I am seeking your best interest. And what this is why she's about to say what she's about to say. So let's go on here. So Naomi, back in verse 1, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may, that it may be well with thee? So she's looking out for her well-being, and it wants to keep her best interest in mind. Now let's look at verse 2. And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking." And it shall be, when he lieth down, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in, and uncover his feet, and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Can you imagine? I mean, times have certainly changed, have they not? I mean, could you imagine uh, somebody telling a woman to do something like this today to... to but so, but here's the thing. So customs were very different uh, at that point in time. But there's something specific about this, and we're going to get into um, actually what's happening, uh, and we'll look at the law of God and the law that was given pertaining to a woman who had no children who lost her husband. And so there's some specific things involved here uh, when you look at it in the context with that then it's like, okay, this makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, and so, but it just shows you, you know, this was this would be an obvious sign of, of reverence. And and yes, what we're seeing is um, Ruth is, is going to go in and inquire of Boaz redeeming her inheritance that she had through her late husband. And so the process of that has to be done strictly according to the law of Moses and the law of the provision, the ordinance of that law that was given. And we'll get into that in a second. So she tells her, you're going to go in, wait, you know, uh, you're going to anoint yourself, um, you know, clean yourself up, anoint yourself, wait till he's done eating and drinking. 
when he goes to lie down, mark the place where he lies, wait for him to go to sleep, basically go in, uncover his feet, lay down, you know, at the foot of the bed, at his feet, and and uh, and she says, okay, this is what I'm going to do then. So verse 6, and she went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Uh, and when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. I'm sure that was quite a surprise at that point, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just, it, it's, it, I find some amusement in the whole uh, scenario here. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. So she's she's kind of planting that seed there about his qualification. Again, Boaz is the kinsman redeemer. And so we're looking at um, Boaz through the lens, through the spiritual lens of understanding how he illustrates the redemption in Christ that we have. Um, and so I looked at this like she's resting at the feet of the redeemer. Amen. And I just that kind of jumped out at me and I said you know what? There are some things that we find at the feet of the Redeemer. Amen? There's some things that we find at the feet of the Redeemer. Uh, first and foremost, and we'll flip through a couple places. We've got plenty of time this evening. Mark your spot there in Ruth 3. Let's look at a few things that we, we find at the feet of the Redeemer. Uh, turn to uh, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, and look at verse 35. You'd be familiar with this uh, story here. Um, we'll look at a few of them. Uh, in this particular example in Scripture, we find, uh, we find a man that was possessed with devils. Um, this was over against the... Uh, country of the Gardenes, and so he. This was, you know, I think in a couple other gospels we find out this guy was severely possessed, and I mean, you know, was hurting himself and all kinds of stuff. And so, peace is something that this man would have never understood for as long as he was in this condition of being possessed. And um, you know, can I say this? When other things have control over us. We are not at peace. Amen? And, I, and I, I can tell you that that applies across the board. Anybody that's ever been in addiction, while they have an addiction, under, you know, while they're under the control of addiction, they are not at peace. Um, somebody who's crippled by worry and anxiety, for as long as they are crippled by that worry and that anxiety, they are not at peace. It consumes them. Amen? Um, here we have a, a man possessed with these devils and... Um, we look here at verse 35. Um, word got around very quickly. Um, well, let me start in verse 30. So here's the guy, and I mean, he's, you know, he's hurting himself. All kinds of crazy things are happening. He's very possessed. He's got, you know, all this going on. People are scared of him. They don't go near him. Um, he's never experienced peace in his life, I don't think. And look at verse 30. Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. Amen. 
So here's a man with many devils. Um, I would imagine they gave him no peace at all. Look at verse 31. And they, they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Um, when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. So it's important to kind of put that in context because now all these people are coming and they want to see what's going on. And so then we find verse 35. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Can I give you this, give this to you this evening? We find peace at the feet of the Redeemer. We find peace. I'm sure, however bad his experience was, the moment those devils left him and went into that swine, he, was, he knew, he was conscious in the fact that he was suffering before. They had departed. They now left him alone. Now he felt at peace and all he could think was, I'm just holding on to the feet of my Savior. Amen. And I'm not letting him go. Because all the torment he went through before, now he's at the feet of Jesus. Amen? And so we see it there. Uh, peace. Let's look at another one. Stay in Luke. Go to chapter 10. And look at uh, verses uh, 30. Look at verse 38. Uh, another familiar one for you. Story of Martha and Mary. <clears throat> And uh, sometimes that can, we can, that can be used for a good Mother's Day sermon, but I don't think it's what the Lord has on my heart this Sunday. But So you know the story of Martha and Mary in verse 38 here in Luke chapter 10. reads this, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. It's talking about Jesus. In verse 39, And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Um, so one thing we, so to me, getting enlightenment from the word of God is like sitting at the feet of my redeemer. Amen. Um, when Jesus taught, he would often take a, a sitting position that was customary and the people would gather around and sit at his feet and receive the word as he taught it. Um, and so for me, when I'm in my alone place, my quiet time with God and I'm in the word of God. It just, I try to and just, I feel and try to picture myself and just kind of place myself at Jesus's feet, receiving enlightenment in his word. So a um, couple things we receive at the feet of the Redeemer, peace, enlightenment in his word. Um, go to Mark chapter 14. This one's more actually something that we offer at the feet of the Redeemer. And we kind of see that with Ruth. What is Ruth actually doing when she gets there at the feet of Boaz? She's really, she's offering herself. Amen? She's offering herself to the Redeemer. So, at the feet of Jesus, we make offerings, we give praise, and we worship. So, um, at the feet of the Redeemer, we give an offering, we offer ourselves. Just as Ruth offered herself at the feet of Boaz, we offer ourselves at the feet of Christ. 
Um, you know, and so there's a lot of illustrations in that. So look at verse 14. Look down in, um, uh, let's see here. We'll, we'll just read from verse 1 here. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread, and the chief priest and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of ointment made? This was an offering that was made, at, um, but we know that uh, I should have pulled it up in the other Gospels as well. So if you look at it in, in, the, uh, in the other accounts of this event, we know that she went down and she washed Jesus' feet with her hair and her tears. Amen? Um, so she was offering herself at the feet of Jesus. Then she was giving an offering. So she was get, you know, praising Him. I mean, she was giving an offering to Christ because she understood what He had come to do um, and that He would be crucified. I mean, she was believing on the works of the Messiah and the accounts of what would happen according to Scripture. And so she was anointing him for the burial and he even said that. Um, and so uh, we give an offering, we give praise, we worship all these at the feet of the Redeemer. Amen. Um, now we can go back to Ruth for a second. And then we'll pick back up here uh, in verse 8. Uh, so back in Ruth chapter 3, looking at verse 8, it says this, And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Listen to this. And he said, I like this. Would you uh, outline this or underline it in your Bible? Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter. Blessed be thou of the Lord. Um, when we offer ourselves to Christ, we're blessed of the Lord. Amen. And so I wanted you to, I wanted to point that out. Who wants to be blessed of the Lord this evening? Amen. And I also like the term of endearment there. Um, blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter. So we know that we are, uh, the children of God, uh, through our faith in Christ, we're adopted so just as um, a man would be a son, women, your daughters, your daughters to the Redeemer, amen? And, uh, and that's why it's so important that you know, I could get into a big thing on equaling, equal yoke here, but who wants the best for their children? Amen? Well, guess what? Your Heavenly Father, your Redeemer wants the best for you. And so uh, if you're a daughter to Christ, I think people should pay attention to that. I see... Um, you know, one, he wants what's best for you, and so we should follow the instructions of the word when making those important decisions. But also, you would think somebody who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord would tread very carefully in how they treat somebody that belongs to God, because that's, I mean, come on now. When I was a young teenager, I wanted to know if a girl I liked, if his dad had a shotgun in the closet. I mean, these things had an impact on my decisions. Amen. Well, if you had to worry about an earthly father, you better really be worried about a heavenly father. Amen? You go treat one of his daughters wrong, you're going to get yourself in trouble, buddy. Um, because he takes care of his and he protects him. And so I tend to look at it that way a little bit. We ought to be careful 
uh, how we treat the children of God. Amen. And so within our own relationships with the Lord, we ought to be careful how we treat one another, but also our relationship with God should have an impact on our relationship decisions as well. So that one was free there. I don't know where that came from, but it felt like pointing it out. Um, so we'll look, we'll look down a little further in this verse. So he says, Blessed be thou of the Lord my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now he's giving a testimony to her integrity, amen, and to the fact that she's virtuous. But I like this because he says, Thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. So you can write this down. Lord, help us to uh, love you more as the days go on, um, more at the end of, than at the first. Amen. Christ, when Christ saved me, I knew that I was saved and that my sins were forgiven, and I loved the Lord because of that. But as the days go on, as we get 10 years into our walk with Christ, 20 years into our walk with Christ, 30 years into our walk with Christ, knowing how much He's forgiven us, how many second and chances He's given us, uh, how much He's put up with from us, but then also how many times He's showed His faithfulness to us, He's kept His promises to us, how many times He's provided for us, how many times He's been there uh, for us when nobody else was when we went through something hard or difficult in life our christ was there right by our side because we've never been alone since the moment we accepted christ as savior he's always been there we wouldn't be here this evening if it wasn't for him lord help us love you more now than we did at the beginning and i guarantee you when the day comes and you see jesus face to face you'll love him more then than you ever have because you'll see perfection and you'll know I'm in glory finally. And it'll be perfect for eternity. Uh, so help us to love the Lord more as the days go on. Uh, more now than in the beginning. Uh, and then, you know, I love the testimony. He, he talks to her integrity. She's not concerned with chasing men. He says, you're not, you're not following young men. She's been in the field. She's had opportunities. She's been noticed. Um, so she could have, you know, decided to do this or that, to seek another husband or whatever she wanted to do. Uh, we know the Bible describes her as a, a fair woman, so we know that she has the means, um, but she's kept her integrity and her virtue. Now look at verse 11. He says this, And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Amen? Virtuous woman. We could go right into Proverbs 31 on that. But I want to try to finish this lesson this evening, so we're going to keep reading. Um, verse 12, And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, uh, if he'll perform the part of a kinsman well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. You see, their integrity was kept in, in every matter of this. 
verse 15, and he said, or also he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, these six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Make note of what Naomi says. She says, then said she, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. So now um, let's just look at this. Let him do the kinsman part of this. This is what I uh, found kind of looking into this. Under the law, Israel was commanded to care for women whose husbands died before they had children. And also, typically, um, the brother of the deceased husband, who we know in this matter has also passed away, the brother of the deceased husband um, would marry her, and then when they had their firstborn son, he would carry on the family name of the deceased husband, the first husband. That was done under the law. So it was a requirement. This was not allowed under their, under their law uh, because of how important it was as God. Remember, we went through Joshua and everything, and we went through the inheritance of each tribe, and it was imperative that that inheritance continued to be passed down. You're going to see the importance of this. Um, it, it's, it really kind of was like, I was like, wow, I, I didn't catch that before. Um, so... But in certain circumstances, it would not have to be a brother just as long as the woman did not marry outside of the late husband's family. Okay, so because both brothers were dead, she would have to, and the father was dead, she would have to marry within the family. And so she goes to Boaz, who was a near kinsman, and now Boaz, knowing the family history, being related to Elimelech, being one of the family, now goes to her and says, well, there is a kinsman nearer than I. Meaning there was someone closer to the relationship of her and her husband than, than he was, and that that person under the law would have the first say in whether or not he wanted to be the redeemer to take her to wife and redeem the inheritance of the late husband. All right, so uh, that's what he's saying. I will go and I will uh, speak with him and see if he will do the kinsman part. Um, and so, um, either way, the firstborn would be to carry on the family name. And so that's exactly what's happened here with Ruth and Boaz. Um, and so I want to point this out to you. I don't want to spoil chapter four because this is going to play right into chapter four. And I don't want to give too much away here. Um, but basically what we're seeing is God is making a way for the highway to Christ. Amen. Because all of this family, we'll find out, is all related. It goes into David's family and goes into uh, to, to the seed that goes to Christ. Amen? So preservation was incredibly important. Amen? Uh, and so that's kind of what's happening here. God is making a way in this circumstance. And so here's what's happening. She's now resting, but she's also waiting. It's important as Christians when we're waiting on God, that we rest. That's what Naomi has said here. Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. 
Are you waiting on something from God this evening? Rest. Be at peace until God reveals how the matter will fall. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And that's where we find Ruth tonight in chapter 3, resting at the feet of the Redeemer, being still, knowing God is at work in her circumstances, and waiting on God to provide for her (coughs) according to His promises because she knows uh, her stake here um, with the Redeemer. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for this evening. Thank You for the Bible study tonight. And uh, thank You for the precious truths of Your Scripture, Lord. And help us, Lord. Help us love You. Uh, more as the days go on help us express that love and to share it with others and uh, to not hold it back let others see our light Um, help us grow closer to you in our walk Um, help us be at peace and rest even in our waiting and to be patient and just to wait on you um, to keep all of your promises because lord you're faithful you've always been faithful to us you've kept every promise to us and, uh, and we're so thankful for you, Lord. We bless you tonight. We give you praise. Uh, we give you worship. And we give you offering, Lord. Um, we're at your feet this evening, Lord. And uh, we're thankful for our Redeemer. And uh, we offer ourselves, Lord. And we just ask that we would be acceptable, Lord. And just everything that we do, that we would do it to give you glory. And um, God, you're good to us. We can't thank you enough. There's no words that we can pray. There's nothing we can say to show uh, how much that you've done for us, Lord. It, it, it's, it doesn't go far enough. Um, but Lord, we're thankful that you receive from us what we do have to offer and that you add to it and that you're blessed by it, Lord. We just ask that you bless everyone here tonight. Continue to remember those prayer requests that have been lifted up before you, Lord. So many needs, and we know that you can care for each and every one. Um, bless everyone that's come through our doors tonight those that couldn't be here lord especially those that are normally here that are just uh, dealing with whether it's physical infirmity or just things happening on their schedule god help them and um, bless them and strengthen them and lord keep us all safe as we leave here this evening and uh, lord help us all make it back um, this uh, lord's day for our mother's day service god and i just ask that those that have been sick and things going on that they'll be healed that we'll have our church full and that everybody will be well and ready uh, to worship you and to give you praise lord it's been good being in your house tonight thank you for the privilege of being here lord we love you we thank you for your many blessings in jesus name amen